It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys have concluded their rookie minicamp. What are some of the biggest takeaways from camp? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Cowboys have wrapped up their rookie minicamp. We've got veteran minicamp starting this week. Uh, but how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting to kind of go through the minicamp stuff. We'll talk about it more in depth here in a second it's, and kind of examine how things are run in, in administrations versus this and you know the previous one with Garrett. So uh, things are very different, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of interesting to kind of dive, dive, dive deep into that. Uh, and kind of examine exactly where the differences are and, and why they've made some changes to the way that they're doing things now. Yeah, so just to just to be clear, the Cowboys rookie minicamp was not open to the media. That doesn't mean we didn't get little bits of information and nuggets that we're going to talk about, but I don't think we have quite as many as we had last year. We <laughs> should start with this. The Cowboys have been really trying to focus on the teaching part yes. of minicamp. We did not see a lot of action on the field. There's no one-on-ones. There's no team stuff. So uh, we've got this quote from uh, John Fossil, which I want your quote on. So or you want your thoughts on. He says, uh, one of the reasons why they're scaling back some of the on-the-field work is because he feels like uh, the players are overtrained because of all the combine, pro days, and private workouts, or they're undertrained because they've been doing uh, you know non-football-specific stuff. He said, we've had injuries. And everybody in the league has, and that's why we're scaling back. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, first of all, just the, the greatest irony that like all this training that these prospects do in order to get into the NFL is probably the worst thing for them as mm-hmm. far as getting them ready for football shape. And and I, I think that there's something to be said about that and that maybe that should be examined a little further. But I do think the fossil is correct. I mean, I think you've seen this where these guys come in, they're either – overtrained like he said or you know trained in such a way that they haven't been using the same sort of muscle groups the same way that they would when they get onto the uh the the football field so they've decided to kind of do a a gradual ramp up situation which Mm -hmm. i think also kind of fits in well with their general desire to kind of use these as teaching sessions right because you know, honestly, the best way to teach these guys, especially early on, is kind of do it at half speed, get, you know, start in the classroom, w- watch the film, and then take what you've learned to the field at half speed. You know, and, and, and I th- I'll even take it a step further to kind of preview for training camp. Even training camp last year, it felt like they really took their time to kind of ramp things up, you know. So they're very cognizant of the idea that um, there is a period between when the season is 
uh, about to start and when we get into training camp that if they don't handle it correctly, uh, you can cause injuries that will last throughout the duration of training camp. So that's that's what the Cowboys are trying to avoid. And then on top of that, like I said, a focus on teaching, especially for these young rookies. You know, a lot of these guys are being asked to do things that they didn't do in college or being asked sure. to do more than they did in college, you know, like whether it's special teams or other things. So, you know, they're already having a head spinning moment with all of yeah. this, giving them the opportunity to to kind of take that rookie mini camp to like learn, hey, where's my meeting room? What 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 do I bring to the meeting room? Am I taking notes? Like you know how, how what where's the, where's the 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 canteen? Where do I go get food? What's mm-hmm. the what's the deal with with my stuff? There's so many like things that are not football that these guys have to figure out to get it out of the way early, and then to just focus on yep. assignment stuff and not have to worry about competing and like you know like fighting for your job while still learning how to be a professional up front. I think that's a good. uh, not so steep curve and and a a good way to kind of get these guys acclimated so that they feel comfortable when it's time for the veterans to join them. That and Mike McCarthy, like two years ago, got fined for doing too much in these mini camps. Remember they had too much physical contact. So I think that has parts to do with it. I I think the other thing is for a lot of these rookies, you can't win a job in May, but you can probably lose one if you get hurt. Right. Or, or I mean, let's, let's say it's not even a super serious injury. Let's say it's a hamstring injury that just takes six weeks to get fully back from. I mean, that's six weeks where you're not on the field being able to do some of the stuff just to get you ready for training camp, to learn the jobs that you're going to be competing for. I just think the Cowboys have taken a very cautious approach. And I honestly, we're so far away from even the first training camp practice that it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to overwork these guys right now. Yeah, this is not the important time that they need to be on the field. Uh, you know, I mean, you could argue that it's training camp for a lot of these guys is the most important time for them to be on the field because, you know, a good portion of these guys aren't going to make the roster or be playing on Sunday. So the, the most important thing that they can do for their individual careers is have good training camps, not good rookie mini camps. So yep. keeping them healthy up until the point when competition starts, that's really important. And it's the best thing for not only the team, but for the yes. individual players who are trying to have a career what's the worst way to start a career than to have a chain of lower body injuries that keep you off the the field during the important learning process. That's just a a real terrible way to get off on the wrong foot of your career. So getting them healthy into these, into these camps, knowing what they're supposed to do that, that sets them off on the right foot. I mean, it's also a time for the coaches to learn these players, right? Like we know the Cowboys coaches have a big, you know, say when it comes to drafting these players, but if you're Jalen or Moreno Cropper, right? You've probably never talked to Brian Schottenheimer before, right? Like you, you probably don't know who your wide receiver coach is. This is a good time for you to learn about them, learn how they want you to to do certain routes, how they want you to line up. So as much as this is a, a teaching moment for players, it's also for the coaches. Like they're, yeah. they're trying to learn who these guys are. Well, and, and the other thing too, is that they, they don't have the other veterans there to kind of divide their attention. So this yeah. is a great opportunity for them to focus solely on getting to know these right young players so when the vets come in they, they feel like they have a relationship with them uh and not trying to struggle to learn their names in between yes. running drills for the vets having said all of that we did get some notes on some cowboy yeah. rookies Absolutely. that i want to talk about next this episode is brought to you by built bar are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and the calories then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever it's built you absolutely gotta try it they're fantastic 
I'm not sure how they made a protein bar that's this healthy, tastes this good. Seriously, it they taste so amazing. It's going to be like you're eating a candy bar. You're not even going to know that they're good for you. What makes Bill Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar with only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. For years, we've been telling you to go to built.com to order your boxes over there, which you can still do. But now you can run into your local Walmart or your Sam's Club uh, and get some specialty flavors. That's right. Go to your Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff and churro puff, and you can thank us later. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Lena and I have a fun little exercise. We're going to rank the top five players for the Cowboys going into the 2023 oh season. Boy. Got a feeling this is going to be a little bit more difficult than you think. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. All right, later we got some uh, some notes here on a couple of players. Let's start with one that I thought was really interesting. Let's start with uh, Junior Bahoku, the defensive mm-hmm. lineman that the Cowboys selected uh, in the fourth round. Uh, in one of his interviews after practice, he said he's already up to 280 pounds. <laughs> it's just crazy. I, I mean, it's not surprising, but expect- yeah, I mean, especially since his pro day, like he was already on that on his way yeah. there, right? He yeah. already weighed more at his pro day than at the combine, so it's not that surprising. And he expects to play three technique along with some edge this year. I, again, none of those things are all that surprising, but it's encouraging to hear that he has been able to get his weight up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the fact that you—I think we had even commented on it that that at his pro day he had gained like something like ten pounds. So clearly, he had an idea, I think, of what of how he was going to be used in the NFL, or at least had gotten some whisper from some coaches, I assume. Um, if I remember correctly, he uh, he was pretty certain he was going to either go to the Cowboys or the Bengals. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams probably told him that he needed to that or that they sense. wanted him to gain some weight. I think it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, he's at 280 ish. I think that's, you know, when, when you watch him, when you, you know, think about what his fit is on uh, in a Cowboys defense, it, that's the natural conclusion you come to, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it is, it's good to hear that you're kind of seeing things correctly with the defense. And, and, and then on top of that, you know, there was a, there's a role need there. I think you, you've seen mm-hmm. uh, Golson do that role a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little bit more three technique out of him this year, uh, which means that that, that job kind of opens up for, for frankly, I'm like banking Bogu. on it, right? Like they kind of uh, need him to be that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like unless they make some other kind of move um, there, I mean, I'm assuming he is kind of their third the defensive tackle. I'm sorry, him being Golson would, would be their th- third 
kind of defensive tackle on the field, like as far as like, especially in pass rushing situations. So you need another guy who can kind of be that outside power end who can reduce down and maybe give you some pass rush inside that makes, it makes sense that it's Fajoko. Um, and I think that the fact that he's already up to 280 kind of shows you, I mean, look, you look at the guy, he's just dense. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't he mean really is. stupid. Like he's, he's just thick, looks like five thick, C's, like right? <laughs> everywhere. His wrists look thick. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't surprise me he was able to gain that weight that quickly because uh, you know, and then all the all the uh, the, the the Polynesian food that he was eating. You know, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, trust me, as someone who's eaten too much Polynesian food before, I can attest that I could easily get to two eighty pretty quickly if I needed to as well. If I was only eating uh, pork tacos, <laughs> every day. so um, I still have my doubts about being able to put on that much good weight in one. Not even a full off season, like half of an off season. But it's good that he's at least trending in that direction. I really believe by like twenty twenty four, when he has a full off season, he can get to two eighty five and be mostly muscle. That's when you're going to really see him take a leap. But yeah, I like the clarity from not only him but also from the Cowboys. Like you are an inside disruptor for us like don't worry about the quickness on the outside like we don't need you there we've got a million defensive ends go be a penetrating three technique and that's how you're going to give us the most value i love it yeah clearly they had a vision for the player uh and obviously it was clear enough that even you and i could see it when they <laughs> they got drafted so uh yeah i think it's it's great to see that they you know are executing the vision he clearly is well on his way i'm excited to see him in training camp all right, this, uh, this note is on Mozzie Smith, actually, another quote from him. He says, uh, a lot of people talk about my pass rush from college, but I never had a pass rush plan. We're going to get a plan and see what I can do. I was a run stopper at Michigan, and if we're going to win a game, I was going to have to stop the run. That's what I was focused on, and that's what I'm still focused on. I thought it was interesting that he said, I've never had a pass rush plan. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse about Mozzie Smith. Well, I mean, he was never given a plan, so I, I guess mean, that's 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 probably yeah. the best, the it's better, how, I guess. How 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 did he get through feel, Michigan without well, a that, pass rush plan? <laughs> well, I, no, because I, I've seen other Michigan yeah. defensive linemen not yeah. have that. It's just, can you become an NFL pass rusher after basically not doing that ever in your career? Like, can you build that skill set now that you're in the NFL? Maybe we've seen Deshaun Gary kind of do it, right? I mean, I think. If you can box jump whatever he can box jump at 330 pounds and explode off the ball that way, I, that's a pretty good start, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you can. I, I think, look, if you have the athleticism and you're such a physical force, um, I, I mean, you know, I think the issue that you see with a lot of these pass rushing techniques is that they're just they don't get off the ball uh, uh, fat quick enough. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of guys you see that have good hands can kind of work around that. Um, but you don't see guys who have both usually. And the guys who do have both are, you know, Aaron Donald and Chris yeah. Jones and, yeah. you know, those kind of guys. Right. So, and even Aaron Donald's you know, technically undersized if you want to go there. Right. Like, yeah, sure. so I think, you know, simply the act of, getting off the ball and being 330 pounds and, you know, trying to slide in through a center and a guard uh, will help push the pocket. And and you, and look, there's tape of him like doing this. Like there is tape of him getting in a crack and, you know, exploding off and then just, you know, kind of throwing centers and guards aside. So I, I think he has all the elements. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think he can 
definitely improve his pass rush because he didn't do anything before. So yeah. there's there's definitely a, a places to go because he just yeah. hasn't wasn't attempting it very much. Um, you know, I think as far as teaching somebody to pass rush, I, I agree. Like, I don't think you can teach somebody the the physical traits you need to be successful in the NFL as a pass rusher. I think you can teach somebody hand techniques that will help them get cleaner a lot better. He's got to have the physical ability to, you know, explode through the line, be strong enough to handle the guards. Like that's all stuff that he's got, that he comes naturally with. What we got to teach him is the, the tricks and tools of getting hands off of you, keeping clean, you know, uh, you know, you know, counter moves and then setting up counter moves, that sort of thing. I just would caution people like it's not going to happen as great as Dan Quinn is at, at coaching up this defensive lineman. It's not going to happen in year one. Like his uh-huh. role is going to be to stop the run and occasionally give you a pressure or two. I, I look at like somebody like Dexter Lawrence coming out of Clemson. I, he was a better prospect than Mozzie Smith. He was, he was frankly, he was bigger, longer and was a fantastic athlete, but it took Dexter Lawrence four years in the NFL to figure out how to rush the passer. I'm looking at his numbers right now. 2019, 15 pressures. 2020, 16 pressures. 2021, 17 pressures. And then 2022, 36 pressures. So I think that's what you're hoping for is like down the road, maybe you can get somebody who can give you that type of pass rush production, but they're going to have to basically start over from scratch here. So he can still provide you a lot of value as a run defender. Just don't... (laughs) Don't call him a bust if he only has 11 pressures in his rookie year, right? And and let's also remember that pass rush is more than just sacks and pressures, right? Yeah. Like if he's able to push the pocket so that the quarterback can't st- get, has nowhere to go while Micah and, and Lawrence are coming around the edge, that's that's good value. That's that sure. that's disruption, which is production. So um, I, I think that you know there is going to be a, a lot of box score. eyeballing with him and and likely those folks are going to get upset because i mean what is what is your standard for what's a good amount of sacks for a rookie defensive tackle because for me like one two it's just like rookie defensive tackles don't get a ton of sacks like it just doesn't happen very often yeah but even take away the way the word rookie like what's the number of sacks yeah yeah nose tackle needs to get up i'll give you a great example one of the best players that i saw at defensive tackle this year in the NFL was our guy Derek Brown for Carolina. Mm-hmm. He was Played really awesome. good this year. He yeah. was absolutely awesome. He had one sack. Yeah. And it, he had more sacks in the previous two years. Wasn't even comparable how much better he was this year. So I'm not saying, hey, sacks don't matter or anything like that, but there's going to be so many other parts to look for in Mozzie Smith. Now, if he's <laughs> if he's struggling to stop the run, and he's giving you nothing as a pass rusher, and he's just not doing anything else, that's when you can get concerned. But, again, remember, this is – you picked a guy at 26 with this athleticism because of what you're hoping he could become as a pass rusher. There's got to be a little bit of patience here. And on top of that, like, look, the Cowboys for the last two years have not been wanting for sacks, <laughs> all right? Like, we, yeah, have been really good, there. Yep. we have a really good pass rush, yep. like one of the best in the entire league, if not – the best in the entire league. I mean, you know, us in Philly, basically, and, and maybe one other team, like basically in the top three. What you're looking for is to set you uh, someone who can help you get into pass right. rush situations yeah. so that you can rush the passer more. I don't need any more pass rushers. I mean, honestly, I'll take as many as you give me, but like, I, we need to I, get to I, the I, pass rushing situations, right? We yeah, need to we get need to, to third get to, nine. 
Right? We need to make them throw the football because yeah. our pass rush situation is so good yes. right now. So yes. if Mozzie can get us into more third and long situations by stuffing the run early and then eventually become the guy who also helps on third down, that's golden. But as yep. for right now, you're not looking for a you don't you're not looking. God, we need a defensive tackle to come in here and give us five or six sacks. We'll be fine. They're we also got, not relying on that, right? Like yeah, they just well, anything they get there is gravy. We're filthy with pass rushers right now. So we're, yeah. we're you know, even guys who we can reduce down inside and rush from inside. So I, I think the key thing here is what you pointed out. Get us into more pass rush situations. That will produce more yes. sacks. Maybe not for Mozzie, but for the team overall. Uh, I've got one more quote from uh, Brian Schottenheimer. I want to know if you believe him or is this just May coach speak coming up next? Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, we're finishing up with our mini camp notes from uh, the Dallas Cowboys rookie camp. Uh, quote from Brian Schottenheimer. He says, we want to play physical, fast, and make everyone cover the entire field. I want us to be able to play fast. Is that just a coach saying stuff, or do you really believe him that they want to keep the tempo up? I kind of do. I mean, look – I mean, look, this is May. Coach speak is running rampant. Everything that comes out of your mouth is coach speak at this point. I mean, so some some of it's true, though. Um, I tend to think, look, uh, evidence points more towards this than the we're going to run the football 95 times a game kind of commentary that, that people are buying from Mike McCarthy. The Cowboys, if I'm not mistaken, were top three last year in time between plays. Uh, yes. Like they, they ran at a very uh, up tempo. I think they were year. second in total plays per game. That's something. Yeah, and 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 they may have been first in like in intervals tempo. between yeah. tempo. Yeah, they measure like the intervals between plays, right? Which dictates tempo. Um, so I that to me reads more like what they were doing last year as well. So I I do think that 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 is something they want to do um, because I am still of the belief that the major change that happened this off season in the offense is who is calling the plays, not what yeah. plays are being called necessarily. So um, I, I think that the, that the Cowboys have had a lot of success running with pace. You've got a running back who I think uh, certainly fits that bill, maybe even a little bit better. You've got in uh, kind of in regards to uh, attacking the entire field. I think you have a wide receiver core that's better suited to do that than you did last year. So uh, you know, look, we've seen a lot of comments from Mike McCarthy that didn't line up with what our eyes see. I would say that Schottenheimer's comments actually do line up with what our eyes see. I'm just going to throw this into the bucket of it's coach speak. I'm not believing anything that anybody says because of this. Sure. I think it, there's a lot of context missing in that statement from Brian Schottenheimer, which is fine, right? I want us to be able to play fast. Well, what does that really mean? Is it we're, we're going to start games by being super fast? Is it we're going to be, you know, we're going to be throwing the ball all over the place? Or does it mean, hey, once we get, we'll play fast, but once we get a lead, that's when we're going to try to really grind on the, you know, grind the football and play defense. I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't think they're going to be 
dramatically faster or dramatically slower than they were last year. It'll probably look very much the same. Uh, yeah, which I think I think that's ultimately what I'm saying too. Yeah, is yeah. They played yeah. fast last year, so why wouldn't they be playing fast this year, right? Exactly. Like not much change there. And they have a quarterback who frankly plays better when he's playing up tempo, right? I yep. I when I've seen Dak struggle, it's when it's too reliant on one play, right? Like we're hey, it's third and seven. We got to get seven yards here. But Dak is better is playing like that fast break offense where it's throw, 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 throw. We're moving the ball. We're getting eight yards every single play. That's the style that best suits him. So going back to this slow Russell Wilson, like early days of Seattle offense, I don't think makes any sense at all. So I don't think we'll see that either. The, the Cowboys, I mean, you know, look, if you've watched the Cowboys last two or three years, there you've at least once said to yourself or out loud to friends, why don't they run no huddle all the time? I know. <laughs> because the they're so good at it. They're so good at it. And Dak specifically is so good at it, right? He gets them in the right play. He knows how to exploit the defense. Once he gets them on the heels, on their heels, he smells blood in the water and he attacks. Yeah. So maybe what they mean is that they'll do a little bit more of that. Or maybe it's May and, they're, and Brian Schottenheimer is required by the NFL to answer questions for, for reporters and the reporters are asking generic questions and he's giving a generic answer. That's also a possibility. But I also think that, that like the Cowboys played at a fast pace. So it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they continued that next year. Uh, and the truth is you have a quarterback that's going into year eight with the same team. Like he's going to be able to decide what the tempo is a lot. Like say what you will about Mike McCarthy, but he's going to give his quarterback a lot of free reign, right? Like, he just trusts them. So if yeah. Dak feels like, hey, they're in a situation where it's time to go, it's time to be fast because he sees something on defense that they want to attack or, you know, they're playing the Giants in week one and they're in an unfavorable defense, right? There's a nickel corner on the field who shouldn't be on the field. That's Keep when you're going to see Dak yeah. be aggressive. So, yep. again, it's, it's may coach speak, but I don't I, – t- it's all we got, guys. It's all we got. We're reading the tea leaves that were provided to us. Yes. I, listen, I, I think uh, to, to be, be very straightforward with you guys, like I said, these guys are required to answer these questions. Some of them are generic. What we try some to do Some of them aren't is, even truthful. Some of them aren't even truthful. <laughs> what, what we try to do is take all of what they say and then pick out the pieces where they may have slipped yeah. up and told a little bit more, too much of the truth yeah. and, and try to dis- dissect that part. There you go. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you guys for tuning in and please check out the show on YouTube. We put up content every single day. It is free and available on all platforms. Uh, go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.